welcome to another edition of the KSL.com Campus Report Podcast. And I'm once again joined in the studio by a lovely friend of mine. Yeah, You may call him the Turbo Tongan. You may also call him the best fullback in Stanford University history. Houston Haymuli. Oh, wait. Sorry. I got you confused again. <laughs> it's not Houston. It's his brother, Hema Haymuli. His better looking brother. Junior. Hema Haymuli Jr. KSL TV producer, sports producer extraordinaire. Uh, dog lover. Re- also a dog lover. <laughs> uh, br- here ready to bring more fire than the UMBC Twitter account, I'm told. Ugh. I'm I'm probably my favorite uh, Twitter handle besides Fo Polini. Fo Polini is awesome. Shout out to <laughs> Fo Polini. If y'all aren't following Fo Polini right now on Twitter, uh, let's give you three reasons to follow Fo Polini. Okay. And it's those three achievements. I'm not actually going to give three reasons. Okay. Uh, but yeah, y'all should go follow <laughs> Fo Polini right now. And Great if you're not stuff. following UNBC Athletics as well, that's also a good one. Oh yeah. Uh, everybody's favorite basketball team, I think. The first everyone's, ever. Everyone's favorite 16 seed. The fir- Everyone's favorite 16 seed to upset a one seed in Absolutely. the first round of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Uh, for sure. But we're not here to talk about basketball. No, we're not. Uh, because, Hema, I, I got a surprise for you. Is it cookies? We made it. We made it. We made it. It's football season. Better than cookies. It's football season. Sweet internet Jesus, we made it. Guys. We just unlocked so many achievements because it's football season. I mean, I didn't think that our long national nightmare would end. We don't have to watch MLS anymore. We don't have to watch MLS. (laughs) Shout out to you, Trey. Shout out to Trey. Pass him out. Uh... No, we'll still watch some MLS. But, hey, yeah. it's almost football season. Fall yes. camp opens next week. Uh, BYU football held their media day about a month ago. We had our uh, BYU football preview last week. That was last Saturday. And this Saturday at 6 o'clock Mountain Time on the one and only KSL Channel 5. That's the NBC affiliate in mm-hmm. the Salt Lake market. I don't know if you've heard of them. It's a TV station. Uh, but uh, Ute fans can get, can get their live college football preview on. Mm-hmm. As we take a look ahead to the 2018 football season, which, Hema, I know you're a Pac-12 guy. Yes. Mostly a Stanford guy, but also a Pac-12 guy. And uh, the Utes have a huge heaping of expectation on them. Oh, absolutely. Um, Let's start right there. Let's start right there. We're going to bring on uh, Jeremiah Jensen here in a little bit. We'll call him up and get his thoughts. He was actually in Hollywood at Pac-12 Media Day. Yeah, he was there. He was in the house. He's currently jet-lagged. A little bit after that yep. long, long flight. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to give him a little, a couple more hours to rejuvenate, and then we're going to bring him on the podcast. Um, but first of all, your thoughts as a Pac-12 guy, Hema Hamley yeah. Jr. Do you think it's fair, these expectations that the Utes have this year? They were they were picked to finish uh, number two in the Pac-12 South. Yes. Contend with USC for a South Division title. Again. They're the only Pac-12 South team that hasn't won a division title, that has not been to a championship game. Yes. Is this fair? to expect them to be right up at the top of the division this year. Absolutely. Okay. The Utah is a great team. Okay. I said it. They're not a good team. They're a great team. I th- great team. Great, great team. team. Uh, they've got a lot of starters coming back. They're solid at quarterback. Tyler Huntley is about to go off, I think. Um, their defense looks great despite losing some key pieces last season uh, in the offseason. Um, 
I think all the hype is real. I think it's warranted, and I think Utah needs to win the South at the very least, if not the Pac-12 championship. That would be insane if they won the Pac-12 championship. But they need to win the South. I think, so last year, it was like Utah and USC going at it for the South. Uh, This year is the year that Utah needs to beat USC for the South. If there's a good year to do it, it's this year. Uh, yeah, there are there are a lot of question marks sure. around that entire division this year. Still a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not even talking about Arizona quarterback and Heisman hopeful Khalil Tate, Tate yeah. who's also in that division. Um, but you see a lot of court, you see a lot of uh, well quarterback questions, but just questions in general. Sure. Uh, in particular, USC, which was picked to, to win the South, mm-hmm. they've got to break in a new guy to replace Sam Darnold. Brand new quarterback, yeah. Yeah, that that's a big deal. Uh-huh. Uh, UCLA could be really good, despite losing Rosen last yeah, year. Yeah, but the second coming of Charles Chip Kelly also could start out really slow, having to break in a new sure. quarterback and everything. Uh, Arizona State's the ultimate wild card in Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. Yeah. yeah, is, is he going to be good or not? He hasn't coached. He hasn't coached in Division One college. <laughs> yeah, for how long? So he hasn't coached football. Period in almost a decade. He hasn't coached oh, in Division One college football since 1989. That's when insane. He was at NC State. Yeah, uh, that's a long time. Long time. Yeah, Arizona's Arizona's a big wild card, but uh-huh. they also weren't that great last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm showing my biases here, but you know, I mean, they weren't great. They got a great quarterback though. I think you're and being a great real. coach coming in, um, and uh, and then Colorado. Well, we won't say anything more about Colorado. <laughs> Who? Yeah, we don't want to upset Pac-12 people. Oh my so gosh. yeah, so I think if there's a year to win the Pac-12 South, it's definitely this one. It's basically Utah basically needs to get past the get over the USC hump, uh-huh. um, and then not trip up in Week 11 like they usually do. Mm-hmm. Which it's becoming an annual rite of passage for them. Right. Um, and I th- I think they stand as good of a chance since joining the conference in 2011 of actually putting some hardware in the trophy case. I think so. And I, I think they need to do it. Um, I don't think as much as is at stake for Coach Witt than for, say, uh, Kalani Sataki, right? But there are expectations. This team is strong. People are aware of it. Uh, the Pac-12 knows what Utah can do, especially on defense. So I think that they absolutely need to accomplish something yeah and a big reason like we mentioned for those expectations are because for the first time in a while utah's coming back with an established offensive coordinator in trey taylor Mm -hmm. with an established quarterback in tyler huntley uh with four or five returning offensive linemen huge and all of that goes a really long way they now know what to know what they're doing know what they can do know what they're capable of on offense um and uh kyle whittingham when talking with jeremiah jensen uh, just the other day at Pac-12 Media Days, was fully aware of that. Very good sophomore campaign. Uh, we missed him for those four games. Huge lesson he needs to learn, and hopefully he has learned in the offseason. There's a time to try to get that extra six inches or whatever, and there's a time to step out of bounds and avoid it again. And uh, he needs to do a better job with his decision-making. He's a fierce competitor. It's tough to get a kid like that to back away from anything, but he's got to be able to make better decisions in that regard. So he wasn't perfect last year. Uh, but I think Tyler Huntley is ready to take a big step forward in his progression as a signal caller, in his maturity as a quarterback, um, in his maturity as a starter, quite mm-hmm. frankly. This is his job, and this is his team now. I think their biggest, not problem last year, but a big issue was that the offense didn't have necessarily an identity as far as uh, offense goes. Um, 
Tyler Huntley, you know, battling injury, new um, coordinator, new coordinator, all sorts of wrenches in the system kind of uh, deterred them from actually having an identity. But this year's different. This year they have all those things. This year they have, um, uh, like you said, four or five starters on the offensive line. Uh, Jackson Barton, Lofalimaka, um, just to name a few. Uh, and I think with that, you know, as a football person, you know, you got to build from the spine up and they have a really good spine in their offensive line. So the, the, uh, I really like Lofa Lamaca mm-hmm. a lot. He's mean. He's a beast. Yeah. He's a hog in every good sense of the word. Also, another thing I love about him, his name's Lofa Lamaca, which is a great name by itself. The Utah <laughs> Royals have a midfielder named Lo Labanta. She goes by Lo Mama. Uh-huh. So can we start calling Falamaka Lo Papa? Lo Papa? I don't know. We should, I think we need so. To, I think we need to get them together. <laughs> get them together to do like a photo shoot or something. Lo Mama and Lo Papa. Yeah. That'd uh, be awesome. Call us Carla if you're interested. <laughs> Anywho, uh, you can hear the rest of Jeremiah Jensen's conversation, or most of the rest at least, the good stuff, with uh, with Utah coach Kyle Whittingham this Saturday, 6 p.m., on uh, KSL Channel 5 mm-hmm. in the Salt Lake market. We'll get it online ASAP as well. Um, but uh, beyond that, we also thought maybe it would be good to get a look at the offense from a guy who goes up against the offense at practice every day. Oh, yeah. And that is uh, former safety, former, former safety. safety, Chase Hansen, who's making the move to linebacker. Yeah. We'll get to in a minute. But here are kind of his thoughts, if you will, uh, on that Utah offense and what he sees out of them. I expect them to be explosive. Uh, they got another year with Coach Taylor, another year together, a lot of weapons around Tyler, good O-line, low and guys like that. I expect them to do a lot of really big things, and I, they, they, they work their butts off. They're an off, awesome offense to play against in practice. Um, and so I think we're just going to get better the more that we compete against each other. Is, he, is Chase Hansen drinking the Kool-Aid on this Utah <laughs> offense? I he's it's not kind of his job. To he's not fair. drinking the Kool-Aid. He is, like, smashing heads with the Kool-Aid every day at practice. Uh I can't wait to hear more about about uh, Chase uh, with when JJ hops on with us because I think it's exciting, man. I think uh, I think Chase Hansen moving to linebacker is huge. I think he'll be great there. Um, and the uh, the defense. Are we going to talk about the defense or we're we just focusing on? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about the defense okay. and and let's actually use that to kind of transition because okay. Chase Hansen is one of the few. Uh, Movements, one of the few question marks, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Uh, on that defensive side of the ball, he's been just an absolute stalwart at safety. Uh, but now he's making a move to linebacker, which, if I'm being totally honest, that is kind of the one part of this team that maybe had some questions. They lost a lot of talent at, in their front seven last year, in mm-hmm. particular, uh, really at linebacker. And they've got some raw talent coming back for sure, but a lot of it is unproven. A lot of it is, has been uncontested. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fair to say we we don't necessarily know what we're getting yeah. um, at linebacker with this year's Utah team. Now by moving Chase Hansen there from safety, uh, all of a sudden you have a little bit more of a known, known more, commodity, sure. I think. More s- stability for sure. Yeah, And I, I'm a high school football guy, and I don't know where Chase Hansen, uh, former Lone Peak product, uh, ranks in terms of overall quality, best or whatever, in terms of high school football players. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever or over the last decade or whatever. But uh, he was one of my favorite high school football players to watch. Really? Because watching him at Lone Peak, you knew he was going to be a Division One guy. Uh-huh. But more importantly, 
he was he he played quarterback in high school among other positions. Oh. And he had the type of athleticism where you could see him a little bit like his current teammate Brandon Covey. You could see him excelling at so many different positions on the field. You're he's, just like he's just that type of a raw freak athlete and he's okay. super smart, very cerebral player. That's why I think safety works so well for him cuz sure. he, he can think about the game so well. Reading. Yeah. yeah. Now now you take that um not just smartness but kind of cerebral ability um, and stick it closer to the line of scrimmage, I think he's going to have a big impact on opposing teams' offenses. Absolutely. Um, so moving him there is great. Uh, having Bradley Anai come back and hopefully, you know, if he's healthy, play an entire season, It that defense looks great, you know, despite losing people like Kylie Fitz and losing um, some DBs. I think their defense, um, for the most part, looks pretty good. Um, and, you know, having a more effective offense will definitely help the defense get some rest, you know, be able to regroup more often because nothing is worse for our team than having the defense be on the field all the time. Shouts to BYU. <laughs> we won't talk anymore about BYU. Sorry, Utah fans, those that Hema may or may not have just chased away. Uh, we won't talk anymore about them. But uh, speaking of an effective offense... I want to move away from the Utes for just a second. Talk about the Pac-12 in general, because there's a really good and a really effective offense this year, I think. And they weren't picked to win the conference, ironically. It's not Washington, which is really good. Uh, Jake, Jake Browning, best quarterback in the league? Um, I, Maybe. I think you can make a pretty good case for Jake Browning. Most experienced, the league. Probably. Certainly the most experienced, for sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, But offensively, I really like Stanford. Oh, I love to hear that. I really, really like Stanford. <laughs> and you may or may not be biased. I'm absolutely um, biased. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. We'll maybe get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but this Stanford team looks really good. And obviously a big reason for that is one, Bryce Q. Love. Yeah. A Heisman hopeful, Heisman contender, who Stanford did not bring to Pac-12 media days. Right? Wild. Okay. But they didn't bring him because he had a class. He's taking summer school right now. Yeah. So Stanford prides itself in academics and whatever. Yeah. They wanted to leave him at class. Yeah. But so many media wanted to talk to him that they Skyped him in <laughs> to an, in, an entire <laughs> auditorium full of media just so they could talk to yeah. Bryce Love <laughs> at Pac-12 Media Day. Some people liked it. Some, Some people, people didn't like it. I heard, I heard shout on Twitter. Out, shout out to you, Dennis Dodd. <laughs> yeah, uh, someone someone <laughs> described it as very 1984-esque, which yeah. is funny. But but I thought it was awesome. I thought it was amazing. And mm. this kid, I mean, this kid is so good. He's absolutely a Heisman contender. I think right now he's one of the front runners to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, and sure. if East Coast foot Heisman voters can stay up late enough to watch right. Stanford, they'll probably see the same thing. Um, but Hema. Yeah. One reason why I really like Bryce Love. Okay. Because we all know that a running back is only as good as the guy blocking him. Absolutely. And uh, Stanford's got a pretty good guy blocking him. He's all right. Um, here's Coach David Shaw about Stanford fullback, Houston Haymuli. Houston's got a chance to play a lot for us, both on, on offense and on special teams. And I don't know that there's a more excitable human being on our team. The, the guy comes and walks around, you know, with the ukulele, and he's always singing a song, he's always humming a tune. If the, if the practice isn't going well, even though he's got no on-field experience whatsoever, 
he's one of the guys that steps up and starts talking to guys and get guys, hey, come on, let's just do what we know we're capable of doing. And just those positive words, and he goes out there, and he'll hit you between the eyeballs. He is tough. He is physical. And his, his rugby background, which is fascinating to me, uh, he's got unbelievable hand-eye coordination for difficult passes, high balls, low balls, five low balls in the back behind him. So to have a fullback that's versatile, is a great athlete, a tough kid that can catch the ball, uh, I'm excited for what he can do for us. Well, my, my, my. <laughs> that's awesome. Mike Leach likes it. I love it. <laughs> Mike Leach, two of, my, two, two of my favorite people, coaches in the Pac-12. David Shaw and Mike David Leach. David Shaw and Mike um, Leach. Hema, for those who aren't aware, sure. Houston Hamuli, a.k.a. the Turbo Tongan, uh, that's Hema Hamuli Jr.'s brother yeah that's my little brother um he's a lot younger than me there's like two siblings in between us but uh yeah there's between me and him it's me a brother a sister and then him so like me and my two brothers you know we played football all the time in the backyard um i was a fullback in high school um slash running back and houston kind of just followed in in my footsteps now i mean they're not my footsteps my dad was a fullback too back in the day um he was all right he was okay too he was decent. he was, right. was decent. we talked about that on the last pod <laughs> but yeah okay. houston you know he's tearing it up at stanford right now um and it, that's really cool to hear coach Shaw talk talk about him a little bit by the way there's like a lot of kids from utah at stanford currently um a lot of utah commits um previously they got flipped to stanford and so and it's just cool to see uh some local kids growing up and going out of state. So yeah, yeah there really is uh, courtesy, I think, of Lance Anderson and a big part the Stanford recruiting coordinator. Uh, they've really tapped this Utah to Stanford pipeline, which I think has been really smart. It's it's borne a lot of really good fruits for them um, at at Stanford. But I I feel like Utah football player, high school football players in general, mm-hmm. kind of fit this unique Stanford mold where. Um, they're good football players, mm-hmm. but they're really tough, grinded out type of football players. Absolutely. Um, and they're also excellent students. Yeah, I mean, and Stanford, as basically an Ivy League, kind of an Ivy League school in the West, has really, really tough academic requirements. It's so hard to qualify academically uh-huh. for, for that school that they sort of have to chase after a different type of recruit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these Utah recruits fit right in line with that high academic profile and a good overall football player but just a tough type of football player. absolutely i mean if you think about um like the, your brother houston yeah i mean you think about the type of high school teams that flourish here they're tough grounded out teams like bingham or east and um i think at least if we're just talking football that those types of players kind of interchange nicely at stanford um and so like you said bringing up the academics uh it's kind of cool to see um, local kids going to such a prestigious, uh, yeah, I, a, if a, I say a prestigious that? academic institution. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's kind of cool. And, and most of those kids are Polynesian. So like, you know, for me, it's kind of cool to see. Shout out to Simi. Shout out to Simi. Just got home. Um, but yeah, so it, it's really cool. Stanford, uh, that's really cool to hear, uh, David Shaw talking about my brother. That's awesome. For sure. So on that note, uh, let's bring in. Uh, Jeremiah Jensen, KSL TV sports reporter, sports anchor, who's been on the ground, uh, been flying all over the place. He was in Las Vegas the other day at the Mountain West Media Days, and then he went to Hollywood for the Pac-12 Media Days. And now 
Um, I think we're gonna catch him like in the air or something like that. Um, <laughs> so we'll yeah maybe flying the plane. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to Jeremiah Jensen here after a short short break on the KSL.com Campus Report podcast. All right, joining us now on the line from Hollywood, kind of from Hollywood, recently departed of Hollywood, Jeremiah, <laughs> Jeremiah Jensen. You know him from KSL Sportsbeat on Channel 5. You can see his bright, shining face this Saturday at 6 for our uh, Utah College Football Preview. Um, Jeremiah, where are you at right now exactly, though, so I can introduce it to the people? I'm in my house in Bluffdale. That doesn't sound as exciting as Hollywood. Yeah, that, but that's just that's the truth. Yeah, that's that's not Hollywood. But you have been in Hollywood for the past day or so. Uh, yes, that's the important thing. You were there for uh, Pac-12 Media Days, and I want you to just kind of set the scene for us there. What was what was the big talk around the conference? Uh, what was the big talk about the Utes? I guess from other coaches, other players in the conference, and just just kind of set the scene for us. Yeah, um, I, you, you, obviously the preseason poll sets a lot of tone, um, gets the talk going, and Washington's an overwhelming favorite to not only win the North, but to also win the Pac-12 championship game. And uh, it's not just uh, you know people that cover the Pac-12. I know a lot of national um, outlets, a lot of national media folks, uh, still still among them, think that Washington is a team that's probably going to be one of the four in the college football playoff if things go the way you expect. Um, you know, Browning's a senior. They're loaded with talent. Um, they got weapons on both sides of the ball. I mean, they might be the best offensive and defensive team in the Pac-12. You know, there's a few other teams that may argue. Um, but they're just so loaded with talent. And, and Peterson's such a great coach. Um, so that, that's that's the team to beat, and that's the team that everyone's going to try to chase this year. Um, as far as Utah and the South, it's interesting. I mean, I've never seen this much. You know, sometimes there's hype locally around BYU or Utah. Um, but I've never seen this much regional or even national hype about Utah and what they may be capable of. Um, I think that USC gets the nod at number one in the South just because um, they are the defending champions. And uh, you just trust that USC is going to be able to reload. And with all the talent that they have, you assume they've got guys waiting in the wings that are just waiting for their chance that are more than capable. But, you know, you talk to a lot of people, and Utah is loaded at every position. I um, mean, they've got talent everywhere. And you ask people around the conference, ask teams, and they can all see it. They see Utah as a team that could, if things fall their way, um, win that Pac-12 South, and, and they they have that respect. And even though they haven't won the South yet, they're the only team in the South that haven't been in the Pac-12 championship game. I think a lot of teams out there realize and uh, acknowledge what Utah has done the last few years and how close they have been and how tough it is to play them. And this could be the year that they break through and, and make it happen. Obviously, USC is going to be tough. And I, I think that, you know, Arizona is a team you have to look out for with Khalil Tate, a quarterback. We'll see what someone can do with that group. But uh, with a lot of other teams in the South and kind of a transition in Colorado, just being Colorado, I think that it's kind of a Utah and USC race this year. So the poll didn't really surprise me. And it doesn't surprise me at all that uh, Utah is getting some preseason hype. Hmm. Well, uh, Jer, me, me and Sean have been talking, and we really think that 
you know, if there's a year to beat SC for the South, this is probably the year to do it, wouldn't you say? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, mean, you look at, they don't know who their quarterback is right exactly. now. And the guy that a lot of people think is going to be their quarterback it, didn't even, wasn't even there for spring. So uh, JT Daniels. And so mm. you go into a season not knowing who your quarterback is. I mean, it's pretty tough to see them. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a competitive league. Right. That it's hard to see a team making a run and doing something special without known commodities, without guys with a lot of experience and talent, that combination. Um, you look at the great teams of the, of, of the recent past in the Pac-12, you look at teams like Stanford, um, the Washington teams that have done well, and, and the in USC last year. I mean, they had, a, they had a terrific quarterback that won big games the year before. So you know, th- that, that talent – and experience combination of quarterback, I feel is needed for a team to really make a run like that. And so, yeah, there are question marks about USC. You know, you can't overlook their talent in other places, but you know, there are some question marks. And these guys that we don't know who they are yet, and it's not just quarterback; there's other positions. Who are these guys that are going to step up, and how quickly are they going to be ready to go and really make a difference? Um, that that's going to be what, what either uh, you know sets the tone for USC or could be. Um, the reason why they step back a little bit this year. We just don't know, but you just trust that they have talent. And so it's obvious why Utah could be seen as a, viewed as a team that could be the favorite in the South and could pull off, you know, pull, you know beating USC and, and winning that division because um, USC has a lot of question marks this year, and it's not, it's, you know, it's not such a given as they were last year. Yeah, and it seems like there's there are just so many fewer question marks they're on this Utah team. You know, they're not going into fall camp looking for a starting quarterback. They've already got that, obviously. They're they're not trying to rebuild their offensive line. Four of their five starters are back. They're bringing back a lot of talent, whether it's returning players or uh, a wide receiver like Brayton Covey, fresh off of his LDS mission there on, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I feel like maybe one of the areas where they might have some question marks, maybe, this Utah team is uh, is at linebacker, and they've got some returning players that have been nice players and good contributors, but they also seem to have a really nice piece coming forward in uh, Chase Hansen, who's been at safety, and now he's making the move to linebacker. And I know you caught up with Chase. We we won't give away everything that you talked about uh, with him. Uh, you guys can tune in to uh, to KSL this Saturday at 6 p.m. to get the rest of it. But but what? How how is Chase kind of looking at his move and and sort of his role on this team as he tries to to buoy uh, that Utah linebacker core, which which like I said, I I think that's maybe one of the area where you 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 could maybe mark a few questions, if you will. Absolutely, yeah. I think if you're looking for one spot where there could be some weakness, maybe you look at that because just a, you know a, a lack of experience and really like you know there's not a, like an all conference guy coming back at those positions. Um, and we don't know what's happening with Francis Bernard. Obviously, he would be a big addition for them and have some depth at that position. They do have some experience there. Cody Barton's played there um, and Donovan Thompson. So they've got some guys coming back that do have experience. But moving Chase up there uh, is going to be huge for the, the Utah defense. Um, Chase, to be honest, grew out of the safety position. Um, I saw Chase uh, at Pac-12 Media Day. Um, he does not look like a safety. He looks like a linebacker. He's 235 pounds. Wow. And he's enormous. Uh, he's really put on a lot of muscle. And talking to Coach Whittingham, it just didn't make any sense anymore. He basically outgrew the safety position. And <laughs> this is probably where his future is in the NFL as outside linebacker. And so it was just a natural progression for him in his development and his maturity to move into the spot in this position. And it also helps that they've got a lot of depth at the safety position. 
And so it makes sense for them to make this move. It makes sense for Chase. And uh, this really could help him at the next level. Um, you know, this year establish himself uh, at that, you know, in Pac-12 as a guy that could play linebacker against some of these other offenses and uh, get the attention of NFL scouts at that position. So this could be a bonus for Chase. It could be also a bonus for Utah. As you mentioned, if there are some question marks, maybe that's it. But, you know, if, if Chase comes in and does what we think he's capable of doing and we've seen him put pressure on quarterbacks, um, then uh, this, this could be a huge move as long as he can show that he can cover guys, which he has done as a safety as well. So I think he's proven that too. So this, this is a very positive thing for Utah. Yeah, I I know you're a high school football junkie in this state, Jeremiah. You know me, I'm a high school football junkie. And I remember yeah. watching Chase Hansen at Lone Peak and thinking, this kid is so athletic, he can he can play uh, almost literally anywhere he wants on the football field, and I feel like he can make an impact. So getting him closer to the line of scrimmage, I think, is a good thing for the youth, certainly a good thing for Chase and for his career uh, and his progression. Um, now I, I want to pivot to another really good thing, and it's not about the Utes. It's not about Coach Kyle Whittingham. Um, you had a really good thing happen to you this uh, just the other day in Hollywood. Well, my, my, my. Uh, you got to talk with one, uh, one Michael Charles Leach. My spirit animal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Former BYU rugby star, Mike Leach, um, if you will. Um, and uh, Was that as wild as I think it is? Everything I imagine yeah, it to I, be. I feel like I feel like talking, he's always talking a character. Leech? Yes. What what did, what uh, did you guys talk about? Spiritual experience. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys talk about? Give it. Give us a tease. Uh, we started talking about what he did this summer for travel. He traveled just basically all over the world. Um, all over he, he traveled all over Asia. And he made it to Croatia. So we talked about Croatia a bit. Um, you know, Croatia is a very under underrated uh, vacation destination and I guess we, we know talked who about he was that and how the there's Cup. a little bit of a Game of Thrones feel in Croatia, <laughs> by the way. If you're looking if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you wanna kinda enjoy that, um go to Croatia. So he highly recommends Croatia. Um we talked about he traveled to Wyoming this year, went back to Cody where he uh where he was from and grew up and I I learned this. This is here's some breaking news, guys. And this is way overdue. Hold on, we got a sound for we got a sound for this. Hold on. He's gonna drop something. Breaking news sounder. Here we go. We got a little sound. Little breaking news with Jeremiah Jensen. Okay, KSL has learned that ESPN (laughs) is producing a thirty for thirty on Washington State head coach. Mike Lee. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, this is amazing. This is huge news. This is huge. Yeah, this is a big deal. Got to set my TiVo. <laughs> wow. I um, don't know when it's coming, but it's in production and that's why he went to Cody. They're doing a whole thing on him and his his, his unbelievable adventures. So Oh my gosh. Um that's coming. We also talked about him uh doing the weather um down in uh, Lubbock, Texas. Um, and I didn't realize this, but he did the weather down there about 10 years ago when he was the head coach there. Oh my um, I guess he, he had uh, criticized uh, the local media or, or, or like the weather guy or something, um, saying that he could do the weather just even, but you know, somebody was, I don't know what happened, but he ended up doing the weather down there and he went back there he, for a book signing. He was there the day before pac media day. And, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but, uh, he, uh, he nailed the forecast in Lubbock. It's, it's hot. Wow. And uh, he got that's that right. Hot. So um, we talked about that. And so uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, we didn't talk a lot about football. Because um, why should why you? Why would you? Yeah, I exactly. Mean, it's, yeah, it's Mike Lee. It's like, why else? <laughs> that's amazing. I kid, I kid. We did talk a little bit about Cam and Cooper and about their team. And 
you know, uh, the, the, the underdog role they play. And, uh, you know, Cameron Cooper is in the mix uh, for the starting quarterback position. He's excited about him. They're just not sure where they're at with that. But uh, he's definitely being considered. So for all you, uh, again, high school football fans out there that followed his career, now you know why he went to Washington State. He's got a great shot to go up there and play. Oh, yeah. Well, Jer, we'll, we'll get you out with one more question. Uh, but I wrote up this question, and I know it's got a special place in Hemahe Mooley <laughs> Jr.'s heart. So I'm going to let him ask it. Okay. Um, okay. But it's it's really important. This is the hard-hitting uh, investigative news uh, that you can only hear on the KSL Sports Beat podcast. Are you ready for this? Okay. Let's do Okay, yeah. Who who was the best non-Utah um, player in the conference, meaning from the University of Utah? And, uh, so why one, is, one not from the University of Utah. And why is he blocking for Heisman contender Bryce Love? <laughs> I think the correct answer is Houston Haymuli of the Stanford Cardinal. Am oh, I man. correct? I yeah, that sounds that's a sufficient answer for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny he has the same last name as you. Is there any connection Weird. there? Weird. Maybe. 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 We'll, we'll have to. We'll log on to Ancestry.com. You both play the ukulele, so this is interesting. <laughs> we'll we'll log on to Ancestry.com and see if there's any sort of a relation between one. Go take a DNA test. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but but in all seriousness, like who who do you think is the best player in the Pac-12? Who's the best player in the Pac-12? Yeah. Boy, I think it's between Bryce Love and Quill Tate, um, and uh, I'm going to go with Bryce Love right now. All right, I, like I think uh, the year he had last year, um, he was in the Heisman mix last year. Um, he's shown what he's capable of. Um, he's already in the Heisman mix. Um, established himself in the minds of a lot of Heisman voters um, and, and they're familiar with what he did last year. So if he's able to come out and have similar numbers this year and similar impact, um, then I think at the end of the year, you're probably looking at him as being the player of the year if he has those kind of numbers again. But yeah. uh, Quill Tate's a pretty special talent. I, so, you know, it's, it remains to be seen how he does with the new coach. And now that a lot of teams are aware of his skill set um, him coming off the bench and, you know, playing most of the last season, not, not all of it though, as a starter, now he's got a little bit of a target on his back, so we'll see how he responds to that. But, of course, Bryce Love does too as well. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, with the Stanford offense and the way they do things, it doesn't really matter. They're going to do what they do. But uh, I'm going to go with Bryce Love with just slightly over Khalil Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have preseason all-conference or player of the year stuff in the Pac-12, but I would probably say Bryce Love would probably win that vote slightly over Khalil Tate. But uh, um, the actually, I, to be honest, the best um, NFL prospect – is um, the uh, Nikhil, um, the kid at Arizona State, I'm forgetting his last name. So he's the best NFL prospect, but I'd say the best college player in the, in the conference right now is uh, Bryce Love. All right. Well, thanks, JJ. Awesome. There's, now, there's... In, that, you know, in a way, that kind of feels like saying Houston Hay movie as well, <laughs> because we all know who blocks for Bryce Love. So, right. um, you know, I, I think I know where you're getting with that. But, nah, uh, I appreciate it. It's the truth. <laughs> Well, we'll be eagerly looking forward to the Turbo Tongan at uh, at Stanford this year, and uh, we're all eagerly looking forward to this Saturday, 6 p.m. for our uh, Sports Beat Utah College Football Preview. You can catch that courtesy of Jeremiah Jensen, who is unjet lagging himself from his uh, <laughs> from his 24 hour flight to Hollywood. Yeah, uh, it was a rough. It was it was a long long travel there from LA last night. Brutal. <laughs> exactly. Jeremiah, thanks so much. It's going to take a few days. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on the podcast, man. Yeah, you got it. Yep.
Thank you once again to KSL Sports Beats Jeremiah Jensen for joining us, not from Hollywood, from his house in Bluffdale. <laughs> Almost. Uh, yeah, I lost track of where he was exactly. He's been traveling a lot lately. He's all over the place. Give me a little bit. Come me a little bit of slack there. Come on. <laughs> JJ's great. Yeah. But anywho, thanks once again to JJ uh, for joining us, for giving this podcast a little bit of credibility because otherwise... Otherwise you got me and Sean. Yeah. Uh, and, and nobody... <laughs> I mean, I mean, everybody wants to be special, but I don't think we're that special. Like we're we're a little special, but we're not that special. Different kind of special. Yeah, very different kind of special. Uh, Anywho, uh, so to end the podcast, Hema, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, nah, just uh, I thought maybe we'd go through uh, Utah schedule. Let's do it. Uh, So we're just gonna kind of lightning round this. Not a lot of time left. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna just shoot through. Gut feeling, win or loss, win how, loss? Are you, okay. how are you feeling about this schedule and how does it shape up? No explanation, just win-loss. Yeah, or, well, very little. We'll maybe give a little bit, but very little explanation. How about, like, win-loss, one reason why? Yeah, there we Kay. go. Okay, season opener, August 30th, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, at Rice Stadium against in-state rival Weber State. <laughs> yeah, the probably second-best team in the state right now. Possibly. <laughs> uh, My prediction? Utah win. Okay, yeah, Utah's probably going to win this one big. I think Weber's actually going to challenge them uh, a little bit, as much as an FCS team can challenge an FBS team. But last the time they played, it was like 80-7 to seven right. or something. Very different Weber team. Can I just say, though, I'm so glad this game is happening. Yeah. This needs to be a near-annual occurrence for the Utes. Get off, think, your, get off your high horse. Play this game yeah. more often. It's a trap game for them, though. <laughs> it's a trap. Yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, September 8th, the next week, 5.30 p.m. at Mac Contender, Northern <laughs> Illinois. Utah win. I think I like Utah on this one, but I don't know. I'm, I'm very unsure about this one. I don't know how NIU convinced Utah to actually come right? uh, to, to Normal <laughs> Illinois, but, but here we are. Uh, Utah's playing on the road. Um, Who knows? Who I think knows? I, I'm pretty sure they pull out a win here. I think it's a close win, though. I do. Like, within two touchdowns. Really? Okay. Yeah, I do. Uh, then they'll open up Pac-12 play. So two out of their three non-conference games are set. We'll get to the last one shortly. Yep. Because they're going to open up Pac-12 play September 15th, uh, under the lights, 8 p.m., against Pac-12 front runner Washington. Purple rain, baby. Purple rain. Uh, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a great game, but I think Utah's gonna lose. Sorry, guys. Yeah, in PD we trust Chris Peterson. Always a class outfit uh, in Washington. This we're, we're gonna see pretty early here in the state of Utah why Washington was such an overwhelming favorite to win right. the conference. I think. Um, also, keep an eye out on former Provo High star Ty Jones. Mm-hmm. Could be starting by this third game of the season for the really. Case. Interesting. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Um, then we'll move. We'll complete the uh, Pacific Northwest swing at Washington State, September 29th. My favorite coach, besides Coach Shaw. The pirate himself. I think Utah's going to pull this one off. I think they'll win. Uh, yeah, quarterback situation still a little unsettled. Uh-huh. Obviously, former Logan High star Luke Fox, not at Washington State. Um, if Cam and Cooper's playing here, though? I still think they get the W. I like Wazoo. Really? I like Wazoo. So, final answer. Call it an upset. I'm calling Ooh. it. Call it an upset. Uh, Wazoo over Utah. Then, uh, 
back on the road again, Utah at Stanford, October 6th. I know I, you're a Stanford guy. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm trying to not be biased, but I think uh, I think Utah gets beat at the farm, as it's known as. I like the Utes in this one. Stanford's trying to replace a lot. Bryce Love could have a big day, obviously because of one Houston Haymuli. Yeah. Uh, not junior, but still <laughs> Houston Haymuli himself. Um, I just think that I just think that I think Utah can beat him though. I just think that you know we can uh, Stanford came to Utah's house. Utah shut them down yeah. except for like two runs, that's and that's true. all it took. That's true. So the margin of error is small for Utah. Um, that's true. So I think it'll be close, but I think uh, I, I say Utah loses. You say Utah wins, right? I, I think Utah can pull this one out. I think we're in agreement though. First three Pac-12 games of the year, uh, Utah's probably gonna win one out of three. Yes, I think that's fair. Very high probability. All right, that's fair. Uh, then they're back home October 12th hosting Khalil Heisman Tate. Trophy frontrunner Khalil Tate <laughs> yeah. and the Arizona Wildcats. I think uh, Utah gets the W on this one. Yeah, night game, 8 o'clock at night. I like the Utes. Yep. Um, then a huge game, huge game. Big game. Huge, huge game uh, with major Pac-12 South ramifications. Absolutely. Utah hosting the University of Southern California October 20th. Yeah. Can the Utes finally get it done? I say yes. I think Utah pulls it off. I think Stanford or sorry, that SC is a little shaky, especially at quarterback, you know, like we talked earlier. Um we're at home here in Utah. Uh yeah, I think Utah pulls it off. I think uh the defense steps up, shuts them down, gets the win. I think Utah's going to go and lose only one game in Pac-12 South play this year. Really? And this one is not it. I think Utah gets a win over USC at home. Ooh, I can't wait to see who else. Uh, next next week, Utah-UCLA, October 26th. That's another night game, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Yep. Charles uh, Chip Kelly taking over in Westwood. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, I think Utah gets the win on this one. Yeah, I like the Utes in this one, too. Yeah. Then, to the Valley of the Sun we go. Tempe, Arizona. Utah at Arizona State. November 13th. Utah takes on a uh, well-known fossil, Herm Edwards. And, uh, and that's more than just the watch. <laughs> yeah, right. I think they get the W in this one. Is this the team that you pick in the South that upsets Utah? This is my upset. I got it. It's not because I'm very confident in Arizona State. I think they do have a couple of the uh, best pro prospects uh-huh. in the Pac-12. Uh, it's just Utah doesn't play very well in Tempe. That's there's true. something about this team. There's something about Sun Devil Stadium. There's something about, I don't know if it's something about Tempe. Or I don't know what, it, maybe it's the heat. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what it is. Utah doesn't seem to pl- play very well against Arizona State mm-hmm. uh, on the road even more so. I would not be shocked to see Sun Devils pull this upset. Wow. Uh, then, fortunately, Utes come back home. Uh, November 10th, hosting Oregon, a very different Oregon team from the last couple of years. Utah's going to spank these guys. Yeah, I, I don't give the Ducks much of a chance. Uh, then the rivalry game. The biggest game of the year. The rivalry game, the, the true rivalry game. Utah at Colorado, November 17th, kickoff time to be determined. Because you don't just set kickoff times for rivalry right. games at the start of the year. Right. You wait on those. <laughs> uh, Utah, Colorado. Up, in Boulder? Up in Boulder. Ooh. Colorado's going to be bad. Take, oh, take Utah yeah. and the points here. We're just kidding. They're, Utah's going to spank them also. And then their final non-conference game of the year, some team called Bayou? B- BYU. Bayou? Have you heard of them? Yeah. Hey, Mooley, you know, you know of them, right? 
I am well aware of this team. Yeah. Final and... final week of the season, November 24th, kickoff yet to be determined. That's probably a big Fox game, though. Right? Probably. I, mean, I don't I would... know. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, BYU-Utah, November 24th. Who you got? Utah. It hurts to say so. Eight straight. It's going to be eight straight. Eight straight? Uh, Utah is just a better team. Unless Now, obviously, no games have been played yet. We'll see what happens. But as far as I'm concerned, Utah is going to run all over BYU. It's at home. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be uh, terrible. BYU is not going to cross the 50. Ooh, bold. <laughs> Hot take. Bold. Wow, I like it. Um, I'd like to give you BYU fans who stuck around through this podcast something to <laughs> yearn for, but right now I got nothing. Nothing. Uh, talk You're to me. In a, talk to me in a couple months. Maybe I'll have something for you. But right now, I mean, Utah's better. Utah's, Utah's better. better. Yeah, Utah's better right now. Again, things could change by the end of the season, and I will say. I'm so glad this is the final game of the regular season. Because anything could this, happen. This needs to stay. Make this happen. Ooh, these, is these that two a teams, hot take? Maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. But these two teams are set to play each other until I think the current contract goes through 2022 okay. or 2023, somewhere in there. This needs to be the final game of the regular season The rest for the rest of the contract. It's not right yeah. now. But maybe things, some things can get moved around. Sure. I mean, this is this is BYU Utah weekend. I like it better in November than in September. That's yeah. for sorry, sure. Sorry, sorry, Colorado. <laughs> but this is this is rivalry week. I mean, okay. So you look at the the schedule, right? The last uh, one, two, three games are, and I'm gonna say BYU's too. It's gonna be kind of a cakewalk, right, for Utah, Probably. which is kind of nice. Um, coming at the end of the season because injuries have been kind of a problem. Um, so, yeah, I think this season looks great for Utah. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think it, I think a 10-win season is certainly uh, Absolutely not possible. out of the realm of possibility, yeah. for sure. Um, but it also hasn't been out of the realm of possibility before, <laughs> for being totally honest. Right. So that is why, as they say, why they play the game. Um, yeah, and we're going to play some games soon. Yep. So, for Hemahemuli Jr., I'm Sean Walker here on the KSL.com Campus Report Podcast. Hema, send us out. Tell the people what we're excited for. Donuts. And? Um, I don't know. And football. <laughs> oh, and football. Football. Well, of course. Peace. Nice leather pants.